0: Uh, but welcome to GBC. If, uh, if you are just kind of catching up, you haven't been with us for a while, we are in the middle of a series called Grow Up. Uh, and um, this is a series that we started at the beginning of the year. And I uh, make no apologies, said it from the beginning, I don't know how long the series will go. It might be all year long. I mean, we're already into like a quarter of the year and we're still going. Um, but it's very much a series that I feel that God's led us into about simply that, growing up. Um, and we don't necessarily like that term. We don't like to be told to grow up, especially not as adults, uh, we kind of push back on that and say, well, no, hold up, I am grown up. Back off, who do you think you are? Uh, but actually, uh, our, our, our series is based on that of our verse for the year, um, which is on the screen. And hopefully, if you've been around for a while, you know it, you've been reading it, but it's Ephesians 4, 14 through 15. And it's that, that call that we see that actually we would become in every respect mature, the mature body of him who is the head, that is Jesus Christ, that we would grow and mature in that sense. And one of the ways that we grow up is through spiritual disciplines. Uh, And we've been basing our series around that of a book by uh, Richard Foster called um, The Celebration of Discipline. I was like, The Celebrity of Discipline. No, that's not the right word. I lost it there for a second. The Celebration of Discipline. It's an older book. It's been out for a while, but it's an amazingly challenging, great book. Very, very scriptural, very biblical. And the fact that everything that he is sharing and presenting to us um, that we are therefore sharing with one another is from Scripture. We are called to be disciplined people. Now, here, who here likes discipline? From For other people, yes, right? Like, if you're going to be disciplined. But, like, for ourselves, or maybe you are the exception, if you love being disciplined for yourself, please. Incredibly disciplined, so much so. Do you see that smile? Yeah. Um, we love discipline when it comes to other people obeying us, listening to us, doing as we want But when it comes to somebody else imposing their discipline on us, well, we're not so big a fans of that. Um, But that's part of our call as Christians, right? Part of our call is to submit to that of God and say, actually, God, you're in charge, not me. And uh, so we've been doing these disciplines. And Mike last week uh, did a phenomenal job uh, starting us off on the outward disciplines. um, And he really looked at at, at, um, that really well, that first one, which is simplicity and what it means to live a kind of simple life. and man, how we don't do that. Like, oh, I watched that sermon back and read the scriptures, read that. I was like, mm, yep, simple life is not what I lead. Yeah, I'm called to. I'm called to be disciplined in that. And we're gonna continue with those uh, over the next few weeks, but but we are obviously for Easter taking a bit of a pause. And and, and, I, and I prayed through, I was like, Lord, are we just pausing entirely the grow up series? Like, were you planning on being done by now? And He said, no, the, the truth is, is that Easter is part of you growing up. I went, well, how, God? I mean, we most of us know the story of Easter. Most of us know it pretty well. We're there. We're sorted. Um, what are you on about, God? And he says, no, yeah, most, most people, even those who don't believe in me, he says, know the story of Easter. But most people don't grow from the story of Easter. I'm like, ooh, what does that mean? I think actually what he's got for us today, in one sense, is, a story that we will all know, we'll all be familiar with, but actually something that will lead us to grow. And for those of us who've been doing this for years, maybe your growth is just that tiny little millimeter of an okay, great. For those of us maybe a little bit newer uh, or who've been known, known Jesus for a while, but maybe you know stepping back into that relationship, it might be a bit a bigger growth. Bless you. But I believe that what we're called to do is grow even with that. So we are gonna be looking at Palm Sunday. And that, that, that amazing scripture, but we're going to look at it through the growing up lens or looking at our growing up through the Palm Sunday lens. So for those of you uh, who like titles and you can pull out your notebooks because you're all taking notes, we're all there, uh, or your phones, if you take phone notes on your phone, I won't be offended. Uh, your scripture can be on your phone as well. We're not judging you. Uh, again, if we hear Facebook come up or something like that, I might just give you a look and be like, really, really? Um, but you're welcome to use your phones. Uh, But for those of you who love a good title, or a title, whether or not it's good is up to you to decide, but this one's from cheers to sneers. Um, Pretty straightforward, from cheers to sneers. And and the the truly, the the remarkable thing I think about um, Palm Sunday, the account of Palm Sunday, is that it's a phenomenal account that we actually see across all four Gospels. Um, It's one of those things that's so important. It's often known as a triumphal entry of Jesus as he comes back into Jerusalem. Um, and and it's, it's a real, it's a fulfillment of prophecy. It's one of those things that it's so important that everybody knows about it. Yet I think we often miss the glaringly obvious in it. So with that today, again, it's an awful uh, gospel accounts, but we're looking at specifically that from Matthew. So you can turn on your Bibles or open your Bibles if you want. It's Matthew 21, 1 through 11. And it says this. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. Hosanna! They shouted. No? Okay. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? The crowds answered, This is Jesus the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Amen. I love how vividly described it is because I don't know about you, but I can see it. I can see the road covered in coats, covered in palm leaves. I can see the crowds gathering as he's riding this little donkey and everyone going, yeah, come on. I can see it. Such a moment, such a celebration, yet one that we don't really cling on to. Hey guys, it was Jesus, let's celebrate. And it was such a celebration, right? Because it, this is the moment that Jesus. Is, is kind of being crowned by the people, right? This is the moment that he's kind of, kind of coming over, he's coming in, he's gonna take over Rome and he's gonna be freeing the Jews and, and, and everything's gonna go exactly as they all expected, right? Oh, some of you are paying attention, wrong. Okay, there we go. That's the expectation from the people as they were greeting him, they were like, this is the guy, this is the one who's gonna to topple Rome. This is the guy who is going to be our freer. Yet he wasn't. In that sense, I mean, he was, he did lead them to freedom, but not as they expected. Not how they expected. But the first thing I want to draw out this morning is the simple fact that to grow up, we need to recognize our need of a savior. Let me say that again. To grow up, we need to recognize our need of a savior, Because the the crowds we saw, we see, the crowds uh, that went ahead of him uh, and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. They were shouting, Hosanna. Now, do we know what that word means? Because the Hosanna is a word of celebration, but actually if we look throughout scripture and the different transliterations and different things that it comes is actually a form of saying, save me, save us. So they're not just shouting to Jesus as He's coming down this path. They're not just waving palm leaves, going "Woohoo! You're awesome! Come on, Jesus!" They're actually shouting, "Save us! You're the one! Come on, Jesus! You're gonna save us!" And there was excitement in the room. But see, this is this is the thing that I'm, what I'm saying. If I were to tell you, you need a savior, you need saving. Most of us would turn around and say, no, I don't. I need saving from what? I'm doing all right, me. Got a decent job, got a roof over my head, got food on my table. I got some rough relationships with some people, but eh, it's their fault, not mine. So they need saving. we, We live in a world and in a time that says, Pull yourself up from your bootstraps. You're fine. Save yourself. I don't need to be saved. Me? Saved? I'm sorted. And they, at the time, the crowd, thought they needed saving from Rome. But Jesus didn't come and do that. He came to save them from something they didn't even know they needed saving from. Do you see it, church? like to, to, to grow up. To become the full, mature, everything that we're supposed to be in Christ, like to be like Him, we need to recognize that we need to be saved. Man, that's painful, isn't it? Because that means as, as sorted as you are, as sorted as you think your life is, mm, as, as sorted as you've sorted yourself out, right? Like I've built myself up, me. Everything I've got, I earned. The money in my bank account, the car I drive, the job I have, I earn that. That's me. You can't, I don't need saving from nobody as much as you think you're there. Oh, I hate to be the one that tells you but in case you didn't know, you need, you need saving. But the good news is you're not alone because the person next to you also needs saving. And the person behind you and in front of you and around you and every single one of us needs saving. And I I know that in one respect, that seems so like, duh, I'm in church because I believe in Jesus, duh, or because I got dragged by a friend, I don't know, but I'm in church because some of this makes some sense, okay, yeah, I need saving, but but do our lives reflect that truth? (laughs) Like, when you walk out of this place and you go to work or you go hang out with friends or with family, you go to the cafe, do you live a life that others would turn around and say, man... I recognize that you need saving. And the way you got saved, what you did was enter into a relationship. Wow, you entered into a relationship with Jesus. Hold on a second. I can can almost promise you, I'm I'm not a betting man, I'm not. But but if I were, I'd I'd be fairly confident to say I'd be a rich man on betting that most of us don't live life like that. And one of the reasons we don't is because that requires vulnerability. That, that requires me to be able to take off my armor and say to you, you know what? Like, I, I really don't have life sorted. Like, I'm, I'm doing all right in some aspects, but man, like, it's rubbish right now. <laughs> it, it requires me to be vulnerable enough to say, you know what? I can't save myself. I can't. I've I've tried. I've tried to put on the mask and say, everything's fine, everything's good. Me, everything's fine, everything's perfect. You all right, I'm all right. You good, I'm good. Everything's good. Everything's fine. But it's not really. Because I need saving. And even the bits that are fine, they're only temporary. (laughs) Because I need saving. You see, for us to actually grow up, for us to actually be who we're called to be, we need to recognize that we Need to be saved. We need a savior. One of the biggest reasons that non Christians can't understand our faith is because when we say that Jesus is our Lord and Savior, they go, Well, what is he saving me from? I don't need saving. What's he gonna save me from? I'm good. And in fact, one of the criticisms that we have towards Christian faith is that oftentimes it's, it requires one of these what we call kairos moments. But like the world, to, your, your, your world to kind of almost implode, things to be so bad that in that moment you're like, oh, I need saving so I recognize Jesus. Like, so for those of us who may come to faith without having this crazy bad upbringing or this crazy kairos moment, people look to us and go, why do you believe? What is he saving you from? We totally understand the drug-addicted human being or someone who was stuck in prostitution who finally gets saved. Well, their life was birth. They needed saving from that. I totally get it. Jesus was the answer. But what about everybody else who doesn't have that? Well, actually, there's a recognition that regardless of how extreme our lives may be or how simple they may be, we all need saving. That's point one. And again, some of you are going to be thinking, oh, duh, Adrian. But I, I genuinely believe that we don't hold on to that maybe as much as we should. <laughs> do you really recognize that you need saving? And if your answer is yes, then what do you need saving from? Because as good Christians, we're like, yeah, of course I need saving. It's the right answer, right? It's usually like Jesus or whatever the preacher's talking about, that's the answer. Yes, I need saving, Adrian. Great, what do you need saving from? Because if you've recognized you need saving, then you've recognized where you're falling short. You've recognized where you cannot do it by yourself. Oh, well, it's just stuff, Adrian. actually, you haven't really recognized that you need saving. You're just repeating my words back to me. It's not what growing up is about. (laughs) Growing up is about actually grasping and going, okay, I do need saving, and this is why. This is where I'm broken. This is where I cannot do it by myself. This is where Jesus breaks in. Do you recognize your need for a savior? And then we read that when Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, who is this? And then the crowd say this, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth. In Galilee. Is that the wrong answer? I mean, no. It is Jesus. And he is a prophet. And he is from Nazareth and Galilee. But it's not the full answer. Because you see, to grow up, we need to recognize that Jesus, who, who he actually is, that he's more than just a prophet. In fact, he's more than just a savior. He is more than a teacher. He is more than our king. He is everything to us. Like scripture alone tells us what Jesus is. Jesus, he himself describes himself, right? He says, I'm the bread of life. I'm the light of the world. I'm the door of the sheep. I'm the good shepherd. I'm the resurrection and the life. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. I am the true vine. Like He tells us what he is. Do we actually hold on to him and say, yes, you are all those things? And yes, he's our savior. Like when we finally recognize and come to the point of a going, man, I need a savior. Okay, he's my savior. But then we also see that scripture teaches that he is our Lord. Some of us can get behind the savior a little bit easier than we can the Lord. You know what? I recognize I need saving. Some of my life isn't great. So I'm saved by Jesus. Amazing. Lord, what does that mean? See, Lord, Lord means that he is in control. Lord means that Jesus is, in fact, God embodied. To to call Jesus Lord means that actually his word, his opinion, his thoughts, his views on everything are more important than mine. Whoa, that's hard though, isn't it? Okay, Adrian, I just got my head around the fact that he's my savior. Does, 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 really? Does he have to be my Lord? Yeah. And, and, and if, we, if we wrap our heads around savior, great. We recognize our brokenness. But then if we wrap our heads around Lord, we recognize our need to absolutely submit. Another word we don't like the world teaches us not to submit even more so men in the building and sorry to be stereotypical but as guys we're told that submission is weakness we cannot submit we can never admit that we're wrong especially not to our wives <laughs> it's, it's okay so you can laughter's good <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she's always right the story of most of men's lives but we don't always admit it. In fact, we joke amongst us. oh, don't tell her that she's right, but she's right. Submission is something that we are told by the world is a bad thing. If you are into MMA, <laughs> mixed martial arts, and that, it's a weird tie, but go with me. Most of you probably don't know what the heck it is, but it's cage fighting, essentially. It's a sport that's taken over the world. And one of the things about this sport is that you actually put an opponent into a submission position, like you submit them, and, and the way that they lose is AI, you either knock them out <laughs> to the point where like oh, you can hit them or, you know, choke them out and they're like, Meh. or they tap out. They submit. Baby just walked in and I'm banging on pews. Bad idea. And you know what? If you look at statistics, <sighs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. Baby walked in, I banged on a pew, and she's awake with a big smile, though. Hello. Sorry. Right, back with me. Baby's cute. Jesus is Lord and Savior. Come on. In MMA, in MMA you see more people actually go to the point of being, like, oxygen-deprived and go limp and lose that way than you do people tapping out, which is dumb, If you have someone physically hurting you and you can't take it anymore, just go, I can't. You win. It's fine. But no, 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 you can't because the world says you were a wimp. The world says you can't submit. The only way to lose is to be knocked out. What is wrong with us? And the thing is, some of you guys are going, I don't watch MMA, but that's how life is in general. We are taught that it is a bad thing to say, I can't do this. We are taught it is a bad thing to submit to somebody else and say, you're better at this than me. You do it. And if we can't do it practically with our friends and our family, it becomes even more difficult to do it with God when God says, I need you to submit everything to me. Not just a decision, not just a little argument, not just who's right or wrong about this little tiff. No, no, your whole life, submit to me. Jesus says, because I am not just your savior, but your Lord. Oh. And so when the crowd on Palm Sunday are welcoming welcoming Jesus, like, save us, save us. Did they really get what they needed saving from? Did they recognize Jesus as Lord? No, they saw him as a prophet only, as the guy who was gonna topple Rome. And imagine the shock that they had but it's a shock that we still have, I think. Because even right now as you're sat there and you might be a believer for years, but are we actually living life, submitting to God that he is our savior and our Lord? And the thing is, you can tell me, yes, Adrian, I am. And you know what? I'll believe you. I'm a pretty trusting human being. But you could be lying. And I might not never know. And the person next to you will never know. Your partner might not ever even know. But God will, because He knows. And he'll be like, actually, are you submitting to me? He'll say, Really? You can tell everybody you want. And when we submit to Him, we realize that our lives are changed. <laughs> He's actually to, re- to recognize that we need saving is one thing, but then we can just go, Well, every time I mess up, I'll just come back to Jesus, He'll save me. That's just half of it, though. When we recognize that he's Lord, well, we go, well, he saved me from this, but because he's Lord, my whole life is gonna come under him. So actually, I'm gonna change my life. Still gonna need a savior because I'm human. I wanna fall short, but I'm not gonna need saving from the same thing again because guess what? As he's my Lord, I've submitted to him, so my life has been changed by him. Yes? But that—that is—that that is only as we fully come to him and submit. We need to recognize, I mean, truly recognize who he actually is. But it doesn't just stop in recognizing. We then have to live lives as such. And then the challenge is not just then for to believe it and to live it on a Sunday, but every day, every day, because to grow up, we can't be fickle and easily fooled. If we're actually gonna grow up, we cannot be fickle and easily fooled. If you know the story of Palm Sunday, then you know the rest of the Easter story, which I'm sure you do. You then know how fickle and easily fooled the crowd are. They thought they knew who they were welcoming. They were ready. They were like, yeah, come on, save us from we don't know what exactly, but save us. Yeah, you're the one. woo And then later, their minds are so easily changed. And the thing is, we read scripture like that and go, well, I would, I, me, I would never, never turn on Jesus. He is my Lord, my Savior. He's my every, I would never turn on Jesus. Who does that sound like to you? Peter said the same thing. <laughs> Peter said the same thing. And guess what Peter did? Jesus? Who's that? Me? I don't know him. No, not at all. No, not at all. Nope, nope, not me. Jesus? No! Got the wrong guy. Oh, I look like him. Do I really? Oh, it's my brother, maybe. I don't know. See, the thing is, in this space, where we can talk about Jesus, where we can sing songs, where we can laugh, where we can go, come on in our brokenness and everything. And it's okay to say that you need a savior. And it's okay to say that you need a Lord. It's great in this space, but then you walk out the doors and the reality of life hits. Where somebody might even look at you funny when you say, I've got a Lord and savior. You got a what? Oh yeah, I needed saving. For, what? You go to church? You believe in Jesus? Are you smoking something? you need to go to the doctor? Are you sure? And then suddenly we're out there going, well, is it, no, no, I I can't be outward about my, I can't actually tell people that I need to. And so suddenly our mindset is changed. Suddenly we become fickle and easily fooled. Suddenly the things that we so firmly stand and believe and declare on a Sunday, he is my Lord and savior when we walk out the door, well, he's a cool guy who I want to follow a little bit because he's kind of awesome and I want to be more like him, but I don't know if I can because I want to go over here. I mean, it's a reality of life for all humans. But I truly believe that for us to grow up The more we submit to God and realize that he's our Lord, the more we submit to the fact that we need saving, the more we can walk around this place, wherever he takes us, not being fooled, not being fickle. To know that actually, even when I got saved from something else, I still need saving for more. (laughs) Because I'm not perfect. I'm being made perfect. Praise the Lord for that but man, is there a lot of being made perfect to be done because I am so far from perfect. By the power of the Holy Spirit, though. By the power of the Holy Spirit. So we believe on a Sunday and we hold on to the truth that who he says that he is, he is. That he did something, that he said something, he called us into something. How, How many of us have possibly even in these pews Heard God say something to us? How many of us had, have had those moments where we've clearly heard God call us, move us, and we're like, yes, God, I'm there. To the ends of the earth, I'm yours. And we walk out the door and we're like, what'd you say? What was that? Whole, you said something. Ah, oh, you'll tell me later. See, to grow up, you have to recognize these, Lord, and Savior outside of this place as well. He's Lord and Savior in all situations, 24-7. And that's hard. It is. And if anybody tells you it's not, they're lying to you. And if anybody tells you they're not, I don't think they really fully get what it means to call Jesus Lord and Savior. Genuinely. And, and, that, and, and send them my way, and I will happily chat with them and pray with them. Because it's not easy. But nowhere in Scripture does Jesus promise Easy. He says, pick up your cross daily. Now, this is Holy Week, y'all. So just in case you don't know what that entails, we're gonna travel through it over the next week. But real quick a bridge version, picking up a cross, a death item, really painful one that he was hung on after being brutally beaten, after shedding so much blood, he was unrecognizable. We remembered it today, his body broken for us, blood shed for us. Then he hangs on a cross. That's what he tells us to pick up Daily. Suddenly y'all are like, I don't know if I want to be a Christian anymore. (laughs) It's hard. It's hard. Like, don't let anybody fool you. But it's awesome. (laughs) It's awesome because the fact of the matter is when you recognize that you need a savior, you recognize you can't do it by yourself in your own strength, you recognize you need a Lord. I'm happy to submit my life to Jesus because he knows better than I do, straight up. I'm going to get it wrong But who am I gonna trust more, me or Jesus? Jesus! Who should you trust more, me or Jesus? Please say Jesus. Because if you trust me, we got a problem. (laughs) We're gonna fall short. (laughs) To grow up, we have to recognize that we need Him above all else. We need Him above all else. Bandy can come up. This is awesome. We're ending, we're coming into land and everyone's like, what? I might actually be able to get home for lunch? The question that I then have for you is, who is Jesus to you? Palm Sunday opens up this question to us. Who is Jesus to you? Is he just a prophet? Is he just some great spiritual leader? Because there are many non-Christians Who believe that Jesus was a great leader? There are many non Christians who believe in the historical Jesus, who believe that he jumped on a cross for the people that he was leading, but that's where it stops. Some people believe that he was a prophet. I mean, heck, other faiths believe and declare that Jesus was a prophet. Islam states quite clearly Jesus is a prophet, but he's more than a prophet. He is everything that he says that he is, the bread of life, the light in the darkness. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Like, he is everything. But who is he to you? Is he your Savior? Is he your Lord? Or is he just some dude that you come sing a couple of songs about on a Sunday? That's a big question. And I know what my heart's desire is for you. I know that my heart's desire is that we would all say, He is Lord and Savior, and we'd be like, "Woohoo!" And we'd start dancing and singing, and it'd be a rejoicing moment and be like, come on. But I'm not dumb. I know that for some of us in the building, that question is hard. For some of us in the building, eh, he's a guy that I come to when I need saving occasionally but then when I'm done, I'm done. Some of us in the building, oh, he's my savior. He saved me, but he's not my Lord. He's not the guy I want to submit everything to. But he's asking us to do just that. Who is Jesus to you? Who is Jesus to you? your life will be drastically changed as you come to understand the answer to that question for yourself. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you gave your son Jesus for us We thank you so much for the amazing account that we have of him entering into Jerusalem with such celebration, but Lord, we are sorry for the times that we've perhaps lived our lives like many in that crowd, cheering one moment and sneering the next. Lord, would we not get confused? Would we not get lost in understanding who you are? Lord, as we, as we spend time right now just lifting up our voices to you, Lord, would you, by your Spirit, help us answer this question of who you are to us, Lord, that you would truly make yourself known. Lord, if there are those of us in the building who have not yet given our lives to you, who have not yet acknowledged our need for a Savior, Lord, would you do that in us? Right now, Lord, we pray. If there are those of us in the building who who have aspects of our lives that we're not submitting to you, aspects of our lives that we feel are ours to control, Lord, would you give us the, the strength, the courage to give it to you that you would be our Lord, not just of the Sunday morning stuff, but of the Monday through Sunday morning stuff, the everything stuff. Lord, would you come now Speak to us. Because, Lord, without you, we can't do any of it. Without you, we can't do any of it. So would you come and speak, Lord. Open our ears to hear you. Clear our eyes to see you. reveal yourself to us, Lord. Increase in us an awareness of your presence right now because you are here. Increase in us an awareness of your presence that we could meet with you and go deeper with you because, Lord, that's what we long for is more of you and less of us. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Amen.